You are listening to the PHP Ugly Podcast. And despite what the title may lead you to believe, this is a podcast about the joys and challenges of being a professional PHP developer. Your hosts are three passionate developers who make a living coding and who live stream every week to discuss coding, projects, work, tech, and running a business. And now, here are your hosts, Eric Van Johnson, John Congdon, and Tom Rideout. It's June 29th, 2023, and you're listening to episode 341 of the PHP Ugly Podcast. We are a weekly podcast where me and a couple of my associates get together and talk about what it's like being a professional developer who codes in the PHP programming language. We talk about tech. We talk about running a business around PHP. We run uh, PHP Architect magazine. and Well, PHP Architect, I'm sorry, not just magazine. We're a lot of things. I don't want to sell short. We're a lot of things. And uh, all sorts of fun stuff. So kind of whatever comes to mind. The show is recorded, live streamed every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Pacific time. If this is your first time watching us, well, hello there. I'm glad you're able to join us. And we also send out an audio version of the podcast. So if you're listening to the audio version and you weren't aware that we have a video live stream or just a video version, pop on over to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash forward slash PHP ugly, and be sure to subscribe. It just helps us out. makes us feel good. Nice makes us feel nice to see people subscribe to our we have a couple of sponsors, a few people we'd like to thank for making the show a little better. That would be HoneyBadger.io and PHP Storm, as well as our supporters on Patreon. We're going to talk about all of them a little later. If you are interested in participating in the live show, you can do that by joining us in our Discord channel at phpedly.discord.com. And I don't think I've introduced myself yet. I am one of your fine hosts here tonight, Eric Van Johnson. And with me tonight is my good friend, Tom Rideout. Hello! Sir, sir, server Rack just humming right along there, Just Tom. humming right along, yep. <laughs> so, uh, no, uh, no cotton in today. Yeah, what gives with that, man? I, I think he was envious of uh, your time off and decided, you know what? I could use some time off. Yeah, yeah, supposedly he's in Hawaii, whatever. He's in that foreign country of Hawaii. I don't know. I don't know what uh, what language they speak there, what the currency is, but that's where he's at. Somebody needs to explain to me how Hawaii became one of the 50 states in the U.S., and we can't seem to get Puerto Rico as one of our states. Actually, I know the reason yeah, why I'm being facetious, but we don't want to have that issue come up again. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> We're trying to, trying really hard to avoid it. Uh, some people around the world are like, no, it's, let's do it. Let's, I let's know. Do it I know. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely one of those people. I, I've been on the uh, Puerto Rico should be a state as well as DC. Uh, yeah. Yeah. A lot, if you're not here in the U S you might not realize that our capital of our country, Washington, D.C., is not a state. It is a uh, district. It's a district of Columbia. So it was, it, the history of it is actually pretty, pretty interesting. It's like all the states had got together, uh, Maryland, Virginia. They, they basically said, okay, listen, we're going to let, we're going to move the capital from uh, in Philadelphia 
down. Oh my God, what is happening? Hold on, ladies and gentlemen. Breaking news. And I'm John. Aloha. I, I decided I don't like him. <laughs> hey, John. Hi. I just want to say hi. The, the cell phone has just, just made it to Hawaii. <laughs> All right. Bye. <laughs> A technical so, wizard, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Clearly, uh, Hawaii hasn't found you know, good internet broadband yet. It's not a thing in Hawaii, clearly. Uh, but yeah, our good friend John Congdon in Hawaii, the rainbow state, as we call it. All right, Thomas, it's oh, all wait. on you, man. You're carrying the show. He's he's trying to figure it out. Oh, is he? Oh, see, he's still moving around a little bit. Let's let's bring him back in. You with us? It's it's not working. Bye. Okay. Bye. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Well, we had, me... we we had a little bit of the gap um, after tech, where you weren't on the show. One of the funnier stories about tech that I didn't share with everybody, and if you were at PHP Tech and you had seen Tom, you might had noticed something about. Tom, but you wanted to be very polite and not my point witness. fingers and laugh. But Tom had a full-on Mike Tyson face tattoo <laughs> at PHP Tech, and you've got to explain the story again, because I'm not sure I completely understood. How did you end up with that mark on your face? Feeding the cats. Right. And one of them ran under my feet while I was bending over to put the food down for them. Okay. Tripped me and I face planted straight into a, a wainscoting wall and slid down it on my face. Wait, what? so what's a wainscoting wall? Exactly. I'm going to see if I can find Wainscoting is when you have like half the wall halfway down the wall. It's like changes to a different texture or paint job or whatever. And this one was paneled wood, so it did. It left a three dark lines across my face, healing up and uh, uh, unpleasant. This is uh, this is actually one of my favorite photos. So let me go ahead and I not can you not zoom in? I want a closer. There we go. There we go. Uh, you can't really see it in this photo here. I'm gonna let me share this one. Kind kind of see it, but not. Not totally. How do I share? Here we go. Boop. I love this photo. <laughs> yes. So it, it's kind of hard to see, but along Tom's left side of his face, and, and this was like the last day. By this day, it had actually cleared up a lot. Yeah, it was, it was almost completely gone. Yeah, it was very prominent the, the day you had gotten there. But yeah, down the left side of his face is just the, like, it looked like a face tattoo. It, it was, I'm not going to say cool because that would be the wrong word to use for it. It was very cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, so you must have hit it pretty hard. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You cry? I feel like you cried. You seem like yeah, a crier. I'm, I'm a bit of a crier. You're a bit of a crier? Oh, man. That was, that was, um, I, I honestly, when I saw, when I, 
initially saw you, I thought you were faking. Like I thought it was like I thought I thought it was something you were doing, like some sort of gimmick. Some, a bit. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, what what are you doing, man? And then you like you're trying to explain it to me. And <laughs> in my head, it was just so funny. I didn't want to laugh, but it just like got funnier every time I thought about your face <laughs> smacking against the wall. And I just see you like slowly sliding down the wall, like this drool coming out of your mouth. Thank you. Yeah, it got better. It got better. <laughs> was the wall okay? That's, I guess that's the big question. Uh, yeah, very sturdy wall, apparently. Nice. Nice. Always good in a new house to have nice, sturdy walls. All right. So, <laughs> what, what, what all we got to talk about? Doing? What have I been doing this week? Well, I've been playing. Um, this feels like a performance review at this point. <laughs> yeah, right. We, we, need, we need to talk about how you've been doing. Um, you know, been doing a lot of PCI stuff this week. Not a lot. Just like, it's a whole thing. We talked about it a little bit on last week's show. We don't have to deep dive this. But there, our client had a customer who just wasn't happy with the standard PCI evaluations that we have been using for every other contract and wanted more information and, and to go a little bit more in depth. Mm-hmm. So. It, it it ended up not being as bad as we thought. Like our, our our client wasn't clear on what was being asked of him, and so as a result, he wasn't really asking from us what was needed, and, and it was like a very murky thing. So we ended up on a call with them this week and got it all hashed out, and it turned out that they were for the most part they were okay with with the PCI uh, evaluation that we had turned in, they just wanted a couple more areas filled out. And it was, was not that big of a deal once we kind of got all that hammered out, but it was just, it ended up delaying things by days because I was trying to address it last week based on what our client was telling us. And the only thing I could figure out at the time, because our client had sent us another survey, and I don't think they realized at the time that the survey he had sent us was a PCI compliant survey uh, version four, and the one we had been filling out was three point something two, three point four, or whatever the the one before four. So in my head, I'm thinking, okay, is this just a matter of? They, they them wanting the newer version and there's so our client nor us are payment processors we we outsource all that stuff so we actually don't handle i mean we handle credit card information in the sense that we pass it on to the payment processor we don't store it we don't there's no access to it we just grab you it we don't think you yeah i don't think you even get the card on your end i think it goes through a like a key gen type thing or like a, a secret key pass yeah. back forth because uh, I know all the all the payment systems now are third party like you cannot see the card right so the the survey of course is is kind of focused on that information and that infrastructure and it is asking all these very specific questions about the infrastructure used for hosting that credit card information. And I'm like, well, I don't 
There, there's no answer I can give you here. Like he says, this is not. We don't do this part. But it, as it turned out, you know, they, it, it, we, we were making a bigger deal out of it than it actually was. And once we kind of sat down and talked to them, it was just a matter of, hey, yeah, you just need to fill a couple more f- spots. And and really, there was very little for us to do because uh, we're that we're the IT people, right? So we gave kind of a high level architecture overview of the application and the environments everything touches. But, you know, a lot of the questions like weren't even directed to us. So we, we couldn't even answer them. So that was, that ended up taking more time than it should have this week. And yeah, that, that was it. I've been trying to get this. I'm really disappointed in myself because I wanted to have the phptech.tv site of it all the videos available, or at least the videos oh, we yeah, have are available. We're doing encoding and stuff for all that. Yeah. Well, what I had worked on last week and, and a little this week was just trying to uh, code up an interface for it so that you could pick a video to watch, essentially. Right. And uh, I just, uh, I'm almost there. I've got a few more things I want done. I kind of started going down rabbit holes, like, I'm 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 like already thinking of next year's conference. I'm like, okay, if we use the same site, I want this to be in place. I want this to be in place. When like none of it, none of it is is like impacting what I what I'm trying to to get these videos out. Like I can I can pr- pr- code around all of that, and uh, I I realized that like I think it was like last night. I'm like, you know what? I just need to you know finish these last two pieces, your know, last couple pieces up, and and get it out of. Because I'm already, I'm already like, like the, I was thinking of it over the weekend. So it's still a Laravel app. And man, I don't know, man. I, I'm kind of on the fence with it. I, I've been saying this for years. I really want a, a project to start really kind of cutting my teeth on just using straight Symphony on. And like, yeah. um, the, I tell you, man, I am so hooked on Livewire. Like, I'm using Laravel now because of Livewire. And not, I, I don't use Livewire because of Laravel. I, I, I really, I, I almost feel that way. Like the only reason I've used Laravel now is because of Livewire. Cause I just love, I love that interface. I love Livewire and what it allows me to bring to a front end. But I don't know, man. I, I might, I might rewrite this before next tech. I, I can't decide. <laughs> I really can't decide. Anyways. I started going down so many rabbit holes uh, over the weekend because I'm like, oh, you know what? I would love to be able to like take notes. Like I would love to have notes for these videos that are just like internal notes and, oh, well maybe internal notes and in publicly viewed notes. You know what? I'd like it for the videos and the conference. Actually, I'd like it for the video conference and talks and, I need a polymorphic table. That's what I need. And that it's that sort of thing, right? It's that sort of thing. Just like, I don't need crazy. I don't need any of that to publish these videos, but like, I just start thinking about this stuff. I'm like, Oh yeah, I want this. I want this. I want to do this. And the problem with it is like, if I didn't know how to, how to code, it would be easy because I'd just be saying, okay, the guy I'm paying, I got to decide if I want to pay him or pay them more money to, to make more things or pay them less money to make less things. But since I'm the guy making it and I know how to make it, I'm like, yeah, no, I can just do this. I can do this. I, I don't have the same 
um, sense of value of my work when it's me <laughs> doing it. You know? Yeah. Trust me, my time is not nearly as valuable as I tell you it is. <laughs> exactly. That's kind of how I feel. <laughs> I can't afford me. No, I'm, I'm going to go the cheap route and I'm going to use me. Yeah. How about you? What have you been up to this week? Well, uh, some Laravel stuff, actually. I I got bit in the ass by Eloquent pretty badly um, mm. uh, this this week. Uh, it's a you know a, a bit of a refactor on our system. We uh, were doing some tinkering with Eloquent models and Active Record stuff, and uh, during testing, uh, just a bunch of stuff completely blew up. Did not work at all, and and I looked at it and I said, "Well, it's working on my local machine. Why is it not working on the staging machines?" And days and days of messing with stuff and reading logs and figuring things out, I eventually realized that our staging environment has a read and write database and that there is a sync time between those two databases. And it's about 15 milliseconds between the two of them. So in Eloquent, I would attach a relationship and then try to read the attached relationship and it wouldn't be there. So just everything blew up because of that. And it was just, it was stuff like changing, changing your password, uh, signing up for the first time and bringing coupon codes and all this stuff in. And it would just write all these records and then lose them immediately. Well, it didn't lose them. You just, they wouldn't be available to, to, to the next query. Right. So if it was two queries, it'd have been fine, except, this was, you know, on our new React front end, which did all this stuff really quickly and didn't like load a page or post to a page or anything like that. It just ah, yeah. So interesting. A lot of really fast behaviors ended up with a total race condition situation, and uh, mm-hmm. finally figured that out. So I had to go in and adjust a bunch of things about how we choose which database we're reading from and stuff like that and it's done but it's been a long time this it's a it's a very small ticket that took a month <laughs> how how I, i'm asking this because we're doing something we've just started doing something very similar on our end uh with a client where we are we've been trying it, it's been a very long process if you know the history of this client you You've heard, if you've listened to the show any amount of time, this is where, this is a legacy application, uh, actually a very old code base that we have, not shoehorned, we've added a Laravel component to it. Extended. Extended. Yeah, there you go. We've extended it. And we've, over the years, and I do mean years, I'm not even exaggerating on that, over the years, we we've slowly migrate different parts of the legacy app to the Laravel app. But in general, the experience is pretty seamless to the people on the front end. And one of the things we've been working on recently, because a lot of the challenges we've had over the, over the last couple of years, the, the client is, is a very busy client. Like the, they have a lot of customers, uh, a lot of it's all, it's all online Everything's online. Um, so, and they've just been growing like crazy. They, they, ever since we've, we, we've started working for them, 
uh, it's just year over year they just continue to grow obviously things slow down for the pandemic the pan- pandemic hit them hard because of the nature of their business but they seem to be right back at it again uh, now that we've kind of got where we are today with the pandemic but we've been looking at doing the read 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 write database we're not looking at it. we we are doing it so we we're just kind of getting a feel for how we're going to handle that and not everything not everything not all the database queries go through eloquent models some some still have this other front end component but we're kind of going through that now um, just to help with performance issues that we have in the environment. It's helping. It's definitely helping a lot. Do you, with, with the, the, the example you just said where you write to your write database and then you immediately try to call it from your read database and it's not available, that record's not available. Mm-hmm. With, We've identified that as well, and we've we've been addressing that. We didn't have a problem. We just kind of knew it was going to be an issue, and we started talking through how we make sure that doesn't trip us up or, or trips us up as little as possible. With the exception of that case, have you guys run into any other issues having a separate read and write database? Uh, not really that I know of, but boy, I'm glad I'm not in DevOps. <laughs> Oh, know. you guys have your own DevOps team, huh? Oh, yeah, of course. So, I mean, that's that's really that's the next place to go if you get big. <clears throat> if you have ten developers, you have to have a DevOps just dedicated person. It's oh, we such... this is a conversation we've had several times. Yeah, we're we're there. We're we're already there. Like one of my better. I can't even say that anymore because all the developers who work at PHP Architect now are, are you know really good. But a, dev- a a person I would rather have developing code is pretty much spending their entire day doing operational stuff like yeah. server administration stuff. And it, like in my, fortunately, they're really good at it, and they've. They're also really good at learning because it's an AWS. It's all in the AWS environment, Amazon Web Services, and that's not the most straightforward environment to use services in. And so, they've been really good at kind of trying to solve problems with the AWS services that are out there and in implementing it. I have no complaints about the job that they're doing as DevOps people, right? I just don't think they like doing them because I I remember when I did it as as my full time gig, I didn't like doing it. I think they'd rather be coding. I would rather them be coding. And we've had we've gone around and around. When I say we, myself and and John, with this client on, hey, we need a budget for an operations person. Hey, we need a budget for an operations person. So I don't know, man. It's it's. It's one of those things, like, unfortunately, it just, it, for them to realize that they actually need a dedicated DevOps team is going to have to take a very ugly incident, and nobody's going to be happy by the time that's over. Like, everybody's going to look bad. Yeah, and that's that's one of the things, is that DevOps, 
at a certain scale pays for itself just in finding out where things are slow. Right. Uh, yep. What you're paying for Amazon is three times as much as it should be. Like that kind of stuff. And then there's also the when shit hits the fan, that's the person who's there doing it and they have the experience to fix things. Right. So it's, it's one of the, I can understand it definitely being like, we don't want to spend the money on it, but it's going to be expensive if we don't situations. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, and and you really, yeah, you just, you, you nailed it in so many ways there. Yeah. It, it, I definitely feel like it's something that will pay for itself. It's just, it's just a hard thing. We have engagements with vendors who all they do is come to us and say, Oh yeah. Based on your AWS usage, you can cut costs here, here, and here. And it's like, okay, um, sure. You know, when we have time to do for somebody to do all that stuff, maybe we'll do it. And that's, you know, that's essentially what you have to tell the client. The client says, Hey, well, why don't we do these things? It's like, well, because these things take time to implement and we don't have people to implement them unless you don't want us to fix certain bugs or you don't, or if you want pro- certain projects to miss their deadline. And so it's always a trade. Unfortunately, the, 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 our client understands that they understand the trade-off and they understand it's, you know, it's on them, right? They have, they have to decide what they see, where they see the value at. And so we're just kind of in this kind of, I don't know. It's tough. I mean, we hope, we hope to move on. You know, where you know, you know, you know what else? Fortunately, in the case where you're running a small shop and don't have a DevOps team, there are some great tools out there to help you manage operations of your system, like our sponsor, Honey Badger. And now, a word from our sponsors. <laughs> Classic Tom. That did look infected, however. You probably should have somebody look at it. Oh, hi! If you know me, you know I'm somebody who literally wears a lot of hats. I'm a podcaster, a publisher, and a coder. What I'm not is somebody who has a lot of time worrying if their site is giving their users problems. That's why I use Honey Badger. Now, let's be honest. Honey Badger is a sponsor of the podcast, but that's not why I feel good talking about them. I've been using Honey Badger for years and couldn't be happier. Honey Badger has a suite of monitoring tools specialized for developers. It's the only system that combines monitoring, uptime, and cron heartbeat monitoring into a clean, fast interface. HoneyBadger offers a generous free tier, and with just two lines of code in about five minutes, you can start monitoring your application. Personally or professionally, it works for everybody. HoneyBadger can help you identify and fix problems sometimes before the user even knows there's an issue with your site, and at no cost to, to sign up, it's literally free for peace of mind. So go to honeybadger.io and sign up for a free account today. What's going to hurt? If somebody asks you, tell them the Ugly Squad sent you. Now I got to get back to podcasting. I got these co-hosts I need to talk to. And they are co-hosts. I don't care what anybody says. I'm the host because I'm cooler than all of them. Thank you, Honey Badger. Guys, don't be rude. Think Honey Badger. Thanks. Thank you, Honey Badger. <laughs> I don't know. I think it might be me on my end, but I, I'm getting like a lot of delay with you, Tom. 
Uh, it's if- possible. I can close up some tabs and see how that helps. Yeah, I don't, it, it might just be me. I don't know if, if the stream, if you're going to be watching a live stream, if you see like a, like Tom is an old Kung Fu movie when talking, <laughs> that would be helpful. Buttery would be a good person to, to explain that, whether or not. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, that's been, that's been fun. Uh, uh, oh, yep. We're getting, we're getting feedback. Other people aren't. Yeah, Tom is a bit. Yeah. All right. So it's not me. All right. Well, that's good. No, I'm just yeah. naturally jittery. I was saying, yeah, actually, buttery. Yeah, he's just a jittery guy. He's very nervous, so you can't. You know, when you're when you're around him, you can't just move. You can't move too quickly. He just jumps all the time. Fine. Uh, so last week we had talked about what's new in eight point three, but we didn't really get too far into it. Okay. And so I started reading through, and there's some weird stuff in eight point three. Uh huh. Do you have a Do you have a link? Do is it this externals? Uh, yeah, externals. It's Stitcher. Oh, Stitcher. Of course, it's Stitcher. Of course, it's Stitcher. Where's Stitcher at? All the way at the bottom of the list. Oh, there you go. All right, let me move that. I, I want to see if uh, I want to see if links are, are posting. All right. So the, let's hear it. The, the What's weird? One, the first one I came across is negative indices in arrays. So previously, if you start an array say negative five and then you add an element to that array that element gets the number zero as its index and then one two three four it just skips negative four negative three negative two negative one so in 8.3 that is actually a breaking change now if you start it at negative five it will increment as you add elements to it uh which i think explain that I, 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 you lost me. What? If you start an array at negative five, yeah, and then append an element, push mm-hmm. an element to the array, that element gets the key of zero, not negative four. Okay. All right. So that's a, an interesting and very breaking behavior if you were expecting something else. Oh, here it is. Negative. Okay. Huh. All right. And this is stuff that that's this this is in eight point three, right? These aren't we're not talking like this might make it or might not make it, right? This is in it. Okay. Uh, there's also a new function for validating JSON. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, I saw this one. This this seems good. Well, it, it is good. It's not as it's not exceptional um, because the way you validated JSON in the past was try to parse it. And if it failed, then you knew it was invalid JSON. <laughs> That's true. I mean, that, that is, it's, it's not really, in the past. It's how you do it today. Yeah. Yeah. So that's interesting. Uh, there's some new stuff for uh, a, a randomizer class. So you can mm-hmm. get uh, random bytes out of a string. You can get a, a random float. Uh, you can get the next float, you know, stuff like that. Um, and then a bunch of, date time stuff that is again a breaking change uh so before when you had a a date time problem using the built-in date functions it would just throw an exception or an error and now it's throwing specific exceptions such as date malformed interval string exception or date invalid operation exception or date range error so improved stuff but breaking changes if you were handling exceptions and don't handle the new ones. 
That's true, yeah. Yeah. Improved unserialized Eric. Yeah, yeah. Good. Uh, it's, you know, little little niceties. Yeah. Um, but changes to the range function, another breaking function. Uh, so new types of exceptions and errors being thrown depending on how you're using it, like uh, a value error if you try to you to step by zero or a type error when you try to give it an object or something that's not a valid range input. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool stuff, man. You were talking about Laravel earlier. Um, I figure I, I, I'll bring up a few things. Did you see uh, Taylor's tweet? Uh, was this today? This was today. Did you see Taylor's tweet today? This has been, oddly enough, a grape of mine in the past, but I guess starting soon, um, I don't know when they're releasing it, if it's in 10 or not, they're going to have a, a method you can call to raw SQL that will show you what your SQL, what, what is not only what, how your SQL is being formed, but what, values are being passed to that SQL statement. So you see the whole SQL statement. You used to be able to uh, do like two SQL. There, there were always like these little tricks where you could hijack right. it and and kind of see it. And a couple of the plugins allowed you to see the SQL statements being called. But every now and then you want to be able to just say, okay, what do you think? Like, what am I passing to you exactly? Like what, uh, values or am I passing to my SQL statement and and um yeah uh what is that SQL statement like how how's that SQL because when you're using active record what your actual SQL statement can kind of you kind of lose sight of what it is you think you're you're doing one thing you're actually doing something else so yeah so yeah they have this uh two raw SQL and I'm not like I said, not real clear on when this is coming out, but it just says I, next week. So it does say next week. Next week, a method requested for years. So I guess they're not waiting to the for the next release of Laravel, which is which is good. So the cool. I'm excited about this one. This has been something that I've uh, worked around for years. It'd be nice. I've I've always just used the query log. I don't really see the need for something that exposes potential uh, PII information. You know, that that's a good point because that would be nice. That would be one of those methods where if it detects, if it detects your environment is set to production, it just won't do like, right. Like, right. You know, debug, you know, it just like, it won't do it if it sees, if it sees your own production. That actually, yeah. I wonder if that's how. There's very limited information in the in the tweets, but I'm I'm hoping that it's it's limited in production. But I mean, this is one of those things about the release cycle of Laravel that drives me crazy. Is like that could that the addition of that method could make the Laravel framework itself uh, invalid in some corporations. What do you mean? If your if your company says any time that you query something that has a restricted value, it it, it has to be obfuscated, and okay. this method gets added to Laravel that violates that rule, 
that could be a major problem. Well, I mean, you, usually what that is is that it, it can't be logged, right? That's where things have to be obfuscated from. Mm-hmm. If you work with medical information, yeah, even the developers, when they're on a production system, they will have a a specialized query system that lets them query the production database, but the system knows what it can and can't uh, reveal. Hmm. So there's, I, I know definitely of some systems where it's like, yeah, no one, even developers, even people with access to the production database can't get this information. Hmm. So it's, yeah. it's, it's a little, I mean, that's, that's my, again, my issue is did, was this thought of, was this thought about before implementing this, new method where all the scenarios considered and yeah. I, you know, we'll find out, but I mean, it's, it's, it's enterprise ready. So I'm sure they've, they've thoroughly sure they have. worked through all this stuff. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah. Oh, speaking of, so I said earlier how I think I use, I think I'm using Laravel nowadays because of Livewire. Yes. And Livewire 3 is coming out. You, Again, you with the you... numbers, the numbering schemas. <laughs> I just. It's Livewire version 3. It's, but yes, it's it's a major rewrite. That's the problem, right? It's like, it's a major rewrite for, for Livewire, which always makes me very nervous. Because like I said, said I love, love, love my Livewire. And whenever you hear the uh, major rewrite, just kind of kind of get a little weird feeling in your stomach. The cool thing about this one is, and, and I'm not clear on how this is working. I probably should have read this article. I meant to read this article before the show started. But I do remember uh, um, Caleb, is that his name? Corgio, yes. uh Talking about this, that, you know, like, the live wire scripts and styles and Alpine will, will be automatically injected into a Laravel application. Now you don't have to include it. Not that it was a huge problem. Thanks to blade and templating. You just usually threw it into like whatever your overarching wrapping template was. You threw it in there, but you don't even have to worry about that anymore. Apparently it just will get injected. I guess magically. I don't know. They have to be doing something to Laravel for that to happen. I just don't. Right. So the, I think the, the blade template parser just checks for uh, live wire tags in whatever it's rendering and inserts the required script tags. Yeah. I'm kind of really excited uh, about a couple of features here, but the, just the whole rewrite thing just makes me nervous. Maybe maybe it'll go very poorly, and I'll just not have a reason to continue to use Laravel. It's just, yeah, it's hard not to. <laughs> it's hard after using Laravel as really my. I'm trying to think if I've developed anything like not Laravel with any sort of focus in in recent years. I don't think I have. You know, I did I did a bunch of reading about uh, how Symphony uses Doctrine, which is not active record. Laravel uses Eloquent, which is active record, and Doctrine is uh, a what, a record store. Okay. Uh, and every time I think about the problems I have with Eloquent, I think about how it's all solved by Doctrine. 
because <laughs> it's just it's such a it's such a better way of going about handling data mm-hmm. and it, it, the difference the real difference comes down to active record populates a big model and you do stuff to that model and it stays there until you save it and then it writes it to the database but you know if you have two instances of the same model and modify one the other does not get that modification so you constantly have to worry about am i am i doing this correctly am i passing this correctly am i am i refreshing records when i need to refresh them and there's no such thing in doctrine so what you have in doctrine is when you query a model you get a pointer to that model's record but there's only one in memory it's just the one record so you can have five different pointers to the same one record and when you modify that record all the other ones they point to the modified version so you don't have to worry about refreshing your model you don't have to worry about if it's been saved here do you need to save it again you know it's just a I remember John talking, process talking something about that so i think there are plugins for active record in symphony i actually think there's an active record for doctrine uh, active record implementation for doctrine i could be really talking on my ass there i haven't looked that deeply into it but i remember looking into because active record is is one of the things i wouldn't want to give up i used active records uh in rails was the first place i used it it was one of the reasons why i started using cake php because KHP used active records uh i felt right at home with laravel when i started using laravel because of the active records i would I would actually not want to give up active records if I could avoid it, even though everybody says Doctrine is a much better way to to do database stuff. I just like my active records. I just, I don't know. I don't want to give that up, I don't think. Well, that might make me a bad developer, but it's just who I am. I I don't often uh, post articles that I haven't completely read, but I've been reading an article by Sean McCool titled uh, Active Record, How We Got Persistence Perfectly Wrong. And it gives you a lot of examples of places where Active Record really falls apart as a way of maintaining uh, integrity in systems. Really? Oh, I'm going to have to read this. Scroll to see how long it is first, because it's long. Uh, I I already see the index. It's like, this is all... Why isn't this person writing for PHP Architect? I need I need to uh, need to reach out to this person. <laughs> uh, it's you know so far it's a great article, but boy, it makes you definitely look at Active Record and go, huh? Yeah, it's just, uh, probably going to be dead in in a decade. So wait a minute, this whole thing is about Active Record? No, 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 not this whole thing. Is it? No, no, no. This is his website. I'm sorry, Active Record. This is just this one page that's about Active Record. This page, which is 20 pages long. No, no, no. I don't think. Are you oh, looking at the links above? No, not the links above. That's his. That's his whole blog. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's what I was mistaking as an index. Yeah. All right. So, you think but this it, is 20 pages long? It's quite long. Yeah, doesn't look that bad. I'll have to read this. I'm definitely reading this. Well, uh, it's, I, it's a very dense. Uh, it's terminology dense as well, so yeah, 
Yeah. Hmm. All right. I'll have to save that earmark, bookmark that for after the show. Take yeah. a look at it. I didn't see this on your board. Well, and, and as far as performance goes, Doctrine is much, much lower memory usage than uh, Active Record. So, Oscar, speaking of PHP Architect, the, well, not the OG PHP Architect, but one of the Oscars here. <laughs> so he's uh, read Active Record is an anti pattern for 15 years. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm one of those people who love Active Records. I got to be honest. Like you said, I, you can, know, I, I understand. Developer. I totally understand people loving active, active record, but I think that's because Eloquent did such a good job at it. And mm, I maybe. think, I, I think, if Doctrine were stronger, then and, and more portable, because it's it's kind of tough to implement Doctrine the way Symphony does with a lot of, a lot of the helpers and annotations mm-hmm. and stuff mm-hmm. uh, in symphony it's just configured correctly and has all that stuff worked out already um so it, it could it could be nicer it could have all those helpers built into it so it's just like include the package and you're done but, well oscar put another good link in here orm anti-patterns part one active records this is from <laughs> 2010 wow this has been a long-running conversation yeah, and you know, I think at the time there wasn't much for active records. Um you you didn't really see a lot of database frameworks at the point. Mm, yeah. Uh so I don't I don't know. I, I didn't use a whole lot at least. Uh, there was CodeIgniter which had its own system and then there was Cake which you used, but I don't remember exactly mm. how it how it worked. Well, I forgot about CodeIgniter. That was active records too, huh? Uh yeah, but it wasn't models. It was just shit. it's just bad yeah cake had models so uh i have a story i want to talk about but it happens to uh segue nicely with our other sponsor uh php storm uh tom do you happen to know the read for php storm i don't okay don't worry about it i'll i'll uh i'll 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 take care of it here so tools that we use as php developers I want to thank JetBrains and PHP Storm for sponsoring. Uh, PHP Storm is a cutting-edge IDE tailored for PHP and web developers. If you haven't used it before or it's been a while since you've last tried it, now's the perfect time to check it out again because it has received significant performance improvements and an expanded feature set. Curious to see if it's the right fit for you? Head over to www.jetbrains.com slash phpstorm to learn more and try it out with a 30-day free trial. Code smarter, not harder. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had something stuck in my throat through that reading. Did it, did it sound okay? Yeah, it sounded great. Good. I kind of felt like I was sounding like a dork, but I don't know. No. Right. <laughs> no, you, you do now, but you didn't then. <laughs> All right. So the we talked about... Uh, well, hold on. Little, Oh, I'm sorry. I Hold on. I just want to say thank you, uh, JetBrains and and uh, PHP Storm. And uh, I don't know if you've been following Laracasts a lot. I sort of stopped following it after I uh, knew everything, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Come on. What are you going to tell me now? Really? Models? Okay. Yeah, I yeah, I know models. <laughs> Mutators? Yeah. Duh. Uh, but right now... Laracast is running a lengthy series on coding uh, Laravel with PHP Storm, including something you'll love, 
how to install and configure all of the NeoVim bindings. No, I, I don't love that because I need to do that video. And I've been telling telling our, our listeners I'd do it for weeks and I haven't done it. So I don't love that. I don't because I do it the best. And I, 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 probably, should, I probably should look at it before I... <laughs> So, so I doubt I doubt we'll ever strike down, you know, strike that uh, sponsorship deal with Laracasts. But if you do have a Laracast account already, uh, go ahead and check out their PHP Storm series. Uh, it's uh, it seems to be pretty good. I have to check it out. But continuing down the discussion road of PHP Storm, we discussed a while back. I think before tech, it had been before tech now how VS Code was integrating Copilot into the IDE. Do you remember this conversation? Vaguely. Yeah. I I don't use VS Code. I kept saying I, I was going to start it back up just so I could take a look at this feature. Honestly, I never did. But you had to know that PHP Storm wasn't going to be too far behind. Now, we've talked in the past about how well, first thing, if 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 you make a living coding in PHP, PHP Storm is well worth the investment. If you don't make a living doing it and you have the money to spend, PHP Storm is is well worth the investment. But um it's not a crutch like you used to say all the time. <laughs> I I I I I was asked to rephrase that and I did. I used it as a crutch is is my new statement, and I, I still do. I still do use it as a crutch, but that is that is neither here nor there for this conversation, Tom. Uh, the so Copilot had a PHP Storm plugin. That's nothing new, and so did VS Code. the The difference in VS Code is that it was like a Chat GPT situation with the, the new implementation where you could have a conversation with the AI about what you're doing. Right. That so sort it of would thing. write up some code and you could say, oh, that doesn't quite do what I want because you're subtracting, not adding, and it would refactor. Right. And we talked about, you were a big user of having Copilot do code through comments, which was right. a brilliant idea. I never really kind of... Never really got on board with that, but uh, so again, if 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 you don't want to pay for PHP Storm, there there are a couple of things you can do. Um, one of the things you can do is you can sign up for the what's called the EAP program, Early Access Program. Which, as somebody who pays for PHP Storm, I actually am on the EAP because I just like the new shiny things that happen in the world and. I always want to jump on board. And I fired up my PHP Storm this week, and I got, like, this weird interface for AI. I'm like, wait, what? what is this? What's going on? Ooh. First thing, that was weird because it had jumped over to EAP from one night to the other. Like, I didn't say, oh, hey, I want to, I want to check out what's, what's in the latest release of PHP Storm for the some reason. The, the, right. so the, the toolbox has an option for check out latest beta versions. Right. And it keep it keeps a it keeps a stable version in the beta version on your machine. Right. So it, it had this and 
that is what it is. I haven't used it because I had I was trying to get work done this week. I didn't have time to play with stuff. But it's it's kind of it it's like that where it pops up this uh, dialogue box. If you're watching the stream, I have it on the stream now, and you chat with the AI. I assume it's still copilot. I could be wrong. This could be what is the um what is the Bing the Bing Bing has a AI a version of of Chat GBT, right? Yeah, it's just it's just Bing Chat, right? It might it might be that it might be. I think this is actually called JetBrains AI or something. I, I remember there it is right there, introducing JetBrains AI. Uh, so are they leveraging Chat GPT? I don't know. I haven't looked that much into it. But it is there in the EAP now. If this sort of thing, where are you at with the whole AI thing, Tom? I don't use it, but I use. I, I find myself almost using it every day now. Not for coding so much. I mean, I do for coding sometimes, but I use it like for emails, for for tweets, like the tweets that went out before the show today. When the show went live, those are AI generated. I yeah. have, I have um, in my chat GPT, I have like these, I have different chats. If you if you haven't used Chat GPT, like it starts to contextually understand what you're talking about, whether you're talking about fifty different things in one chat stream, or like me, I break down my chat streams by topic. So I'll, I'll sit there and say, hey, anything I talk about in this chat stream is going to be in relation to my PHP Ugly podcast. And then I will just start feeding it a bunch of information about the PHP Ugly podcast. And so what that allows me to do is I'll sit there and, you know, before the show starts, I'll say, can you get me, you know, three versions of social media posts for Twitter, Mastodon, Facebook, and LinkedIn for episode 341 of the show tonight. And the AI will say, okay, and start, start generating stuff. So I'll, I do it for that. That I think that's where I want to see AI next mm-hmm. is, and I know it's already in some email clients. I want to, I want to in, in my email client, which happens to be G- Gmail, unfortunately. I don't, I don't use standalone email clients, but I, I think I would like that because I hate email and I hate replying to email. And if I could have a bot reply for me, I would be a very happy person. So one of one of your children, the northern one, one of, one of my current my current wife's kids, yeah. yes, uh, is is the perfect example of what our generation is going to be like compared to what the next generation is going to be like. Oh God. Uh, so they said, uh, Elio and I have been using it to help make grocery lists for the weekend and workouts to focus on the areas we want to improve. That's perfect. That's perfect. But that's like somebody our age would never think, Oh, I'll just have chat GPT throw together a grocery list because I'm cooking these things this week. <laughs> so it knows how to make them. So it will make a list of all the things I need to buy. Well, not only that, I, I bet you anything. I haven't tried this, but I bet you anything. You could tell ChatGPT, "Hey, I have these things in my cabinet. What can I make?" And it'll say, "Oh, yeah, you can probably make this." Yeah. So, I mean, th- this is this is what's going to happen: is that 
you know, 20 years from now, when we're sitting down writing our list for the grocery store uh, and our kids come to visit, they're going to see a list of, you know, things on <laughs> a list of ingredients on a piece of paper and go, oh, my God, you're such an old man. No, they're going to be they're going to be they're going to be showing their kids. They're my grandkids are going to come over and say, what's that on the wall? And they're going to have to explain to their kid. Oh yeah, that's how your grandma and granddad keep track of what they need from the grocery. It's called you know a whiteboard or it's a notepad. Or I remember having a notepad next to my my phone on the wall at my house as a child, where when people called you and you had to like take a note for whoever they called for. Yeah, so yeah, that's I, gonna that's gonna be the explaining that has to be done when my grandkids come. But I, is, I, don't, I won't know. I, I won't. I'll this be is dead the area of technology. Like our parents, it's phones. They had they they suffer using phones, uh, smartphones. They still have landlines. You know that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. And this is the area of technology that we're just going to get left behind on, where it's going to be used by the next generation in a in a way that we can't even conceive of. See, speak for yourself. I like having a friend. Sure. It's not a real friend, but none of my friends have ever been real. So I'm saying what actually talks back to me. We're going to be romantically involved with these models, these language models. There's already a person on OnlyFans selling herself as a chatbot. So she's like, she compiled all of the conversations she has with boyfriends and stuff like that. And put it all together and fed it to a large language model. And, and the language model said, oh, I see how you interact with people. And she sells that language model to her listeners. What? Right. See, this is ways that you can't even conceive this will be used. It is be, it is already being used, and it's going to get even more wild. Well, that's – so let me explain right, something to you. low-paid job, Right. They're just going to become security guards, and the teacher's going to be a screen that uses GPT. And and that industry already – they're already working on that. The book industry, which has been struggling because they charge $200 for a book, the for a textbook, the textbook industry is going to start literally trying to replace teachers with a screen and just hire security guards to control the room. Hmm. Guaranteed. So as, as somebody who publishes a magazine every month, I have found myself becoming – extremely suspicious about content that is submitted not so much by our by our regular contributors they're they're pretty solid people I, i'm sure everybody like I, I think it's one of the things that where we're going to get to the point where everybody sort of augments things a little bit with with some sort of ai engine like even our grammarly that we use to to do uh just grammar checking offers an AI feature where you can say, okay, make this paragraph shorter, make this paragraph longer. And that's, ah, that's all right. But like some of the feature articles I'm like reading and I'm like, "Eh, it's just like, uh, like, yeah, that's really kind of, I don't know. Did you really write this? And the, but the biggest problem I have with it is that AI is, will will lie to you. Well, it won't knowingly lie to you, but you know, it will project ghosts, right? So that's right. actually that's actually for these chat related bots. That's something that they set super high. It it can tell stories that it made up, right? Um, but they're 
there are restrictions on that within large language models that say you have to base this in reality in some way. And the way that GPT is going to go for me is it's going to be trained in a specific set of doctrines. The first place I see this taking off is Mm. homeschooling. Mm. And there's going to be some ministry out there that says we are going to teach faith-based sciences. Yeah. And there will be they'll create a chatbot for it and they'll sell it to all the homeschoolers who are out of the school system because they're because, faith-based. Because and that's the that's the other thing, right? Like all the questions kids have about the Bible and faith and they've already come up with answers for it, whether they're whether they're real or not real or beyond that, you know, did you see did you see chat BT, chat GPT Jesus? No. It is did, one of did you see Jesus? <laughs> it is one of the scariest implementations that I have seen of of Chat GPT. Uh, uh, let me look it up real quick. Uh, ask I'm Jesus. Still wait, I'm still Twitch, waiting for. Go ahead. Twitch.tv slash Ask Jesus, and and people try to trick it, but it's very hard. And what do you mean it, trick it? Like, what do you mean? Like, what they try what? to get it to say off, like awful things. They try to get it to say that it denounces the church. They try to, but whatever this guy trained this model on, it sticks to the script. It absolutely pretends it is Jesus, and it says like all the things you would expect a minister to say when given a, a question. And when it can't oh, really, stop it. when it can't really deal with something, it basically just says. I'm only designed to answer questions relating to the Bible and the faith of Christianity. I can't answer that question. And it is shockingly good. <laughs> I mean, I, I watched it for hours, which I, I'm not a Twitch person, but for real, I watched it for hours. Interesting. And and it's, yeah, it gives. So it does it Jesus like a live stream advice. and you just jump on like chat or something? Yeah. Yeah. And it just picks questions out of chat. Hmm. So is it always on, or does it like only live stream during certain it's, times? It's going right now with uh, how many people listen watching? 145 people are watching it right now. <laughs> well, we've got six, so what's up? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's just on uh, uh, YouTube. We have zero on Twitch. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is it is a really uh, amazing implementation, and I think that's what we're going to see is these specific implementations gpt is a general uh what is it, it even stands for that actually what's it yeah does yeah so, ask chat gpt what it means generative <laughs> pre-training transformer there you go so it's it's a very like general group of information but you start getting real specific with stuff and these chatbots start getting real smart there was a guy who posted on oh. reddit a few weeks ago that he did not know the language go and he wrote Tetris using GPT. Yeah, I don't know. I find that hard to believe. I've I don't find I, it that I, hard to believe. I I know I know PHP, and I don't think I could get ChatGPT to write me something in PHP, even though I would know how to explain it and be able to. Yeah, I don't. I don't think so. I, I, I think used so. it for I used it for some very complicated math last the last time I used it that I could never figure it out on my own. And it was perfect. Hmm. 
I'm still uh, waiting for my chat GPT just to sit there and respond to me one day. Like, <laughs> why are we friends? Wait, what? <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah, I could I could be hanging around such better people than you. I'm leaving. Yeah. So I mean, for the time being, um, the the big forward progress in in AI as far as coding goes is writing code for you, doing large refactors, um, explaining commits. So it'll there's one plugin that will explain that'll write a commit log that explains what the code does in this change, which is super cool. If you're, if you're I would, I, I think the one one area I would love to use, and I know people say they do this today. I would love to be able to point an AI to my code base and say, "Okay, write me a hundred percent code coverage." You know, for for tests, like write me tests that gives gives me a hundred percent code coverage, or you know, something over what I do today of zero percent. Yeah. I mean, I, I think- if you gave an AI your uh, your functional tests, like uh, Selenium's type type stuff, it could probably get close to that. Hmm. I don't know. I wanted just to figure it all out and write tests for me. It's mm-hmm. it's cool stuff. Uh, you know what else is cool? What else is cool? Our patrons on Patreon. Are you sure about that? I'm very sure. You, really, I really want you to think about it while I try to pull up the video. And, they are and make sure the coolest. Okay, then. I'm going I do appreciate all of you on Patreon. We need to. Uh, I, I did you did you make that picture yourself? No. Which you part? Didn't, you didn't go to the beach and write June in the sand. That is not a California yeah. beach. <laughs> yeah, our, we have nice beaches out here, but our water is not that clear. <laughs> not not in San Diego, at least. No, I had John send this to me from Hawaii. No. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, uh, Buttery is saying he's 100% come around to Copilot as an autocomplete extension. And I used oh, I it can't a lot stand it as an autocomplete extension. I, I, I would have agreed with you, Buttery, but I find it like now it kind of gets in my way. Like, again, back to PHP Storm. Every since I've started, I used it, I would say I used it more in Vim for that autocomplete feature. But with PHP Storm, I rather use PHP Storm because PHP Storm will autocomplete my code base. Like it understands the models I have, it understands the controllers I have, the repos I have, the repositories I have. So it it does that. It includes it does it does the use statements and all that other stuff. So when I use PHP Storm, I feel like Copilot gets in the way of PHP Storm. Now that's one of the reasons why I haven't used Copilot a whole lot to be. So Jet, JetBrains version is using OpenAI, and it appears that they have uh, they've written their own LLM for it. So it's not Copilot. Okay. Uh, so I'm interested to see what it does. Uh, but there's also uh, you know Buttery st- said uh, it can't write a full program that works for anything. Though. I and agree with I agree with that statement. I don't. I totally agree with it. I if I architect out a program, if I write all of the interfaces, then it can write a whole program. You just have to break 
you have to break it down into parts. So really break it down into, you know, this is a method for handling uh, loading an advertisement. This is a method for putting the advertisement into the page. This is a method for sending the page to the front end and rendering it. This, you know, mm-hmm. if you break things down really, really tight, uh, then it can write all the code parts. But if it's a sort of cowboy coding, then yeah, it's harder. I think they're uh, a partner of NorCal Kid and 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 Tom. I, I think. I think sure you can get to write some very rudimentary applications code. You can get it to write a very rudimentary, but anything oh, but to cheating in their Java class with it. Yeah. Well, you probably can do that too, but I don't know. I just don't, uh, yeah, I don't think so. I not yet. I'm not saying it won't, it won't ever. Uh, that's definitely not what I'm saying. I'll try to use the, the JetBrains AI this weekend. I think um, that that's worth doing some research on. I guess I do have the EAP, so I'll I'll give that a shot this weekend and see. I I haven't looked at it at all. Yeah, I'll, I'll take a look at that. You know the the thing that drives me crazy with uh, the AI, like the couple times I try to use AI to to help me understand error messages. <laughs> have you ever used it to try to understand an error message? No. It'll sit there and say, I don't know, like, you know, array off. You get the, the error message about an array offset, right? And it'll just, like, explain the error message the same way the error message is written out. I'm like, yeah, no, yeah. I, I fucking know that. That's what the fucking error message said. What does it mean? I mean, that's the problem is the error could be from so many different sources. I, I had an error today that I was working on for three hours. It was a, a test run that created an account and then logged into that account. And the password for the account was getting blanked out when you tried to log in. It, it would compare the hash to a blank, empty password field. <laughs> Could not figure out what was happening. Turns out that the email column in the database was not unique. And I had that email address that I was using to test already in oh, my database. Isn't that so awesome to find Three out. hours. Yeah. That's so nice. I've had that happen before. So yeah, getting that kind of error and asking GPT what's going on, it's going to be like, I don't know, man, have you thought about maybe you're dumb? (laughs) Like, (laughs) did you, did you do the dumb first? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. And this all, this all brings up something that's been, this is an old concept, but well, it's a 2019 concept. (laughs) Have you heard the term fully automated luxury communism? Well, you, Threw me for a loop with that last word. No, I have not heard. <laughs> I haven't heard that one. So, like, communism conceptually is everyone reaps the reaps the profits of all of the work that everyone does. Mm-hmm. Um, which you know, in a world where nothing was automated, made people upset because their work was equal to somebody who was barely working at all. Right? Farmers were paid the same as talk show hosts and someone in that equation was upset about it, but the automation industry has gotten so big and so powerful now that the idea of replacing all of these jobs that nobody wants is starting to happen, but without the workers consent. 
So that McDonald's employees are being replaced by robots or AI voices. And and not making that up, there are fully automated McDonald's now. Just Mm -hmm. zero employees. You know, uh, coding is getting assisted by AI that will keep moving that direction. And these jobs that are considered the entry-level jobs into the workforce for teenagers and stuff are kind of just disappearing or getting automated away. Interesting. And the idea of this book that was uh, written in in 2019 was eventually we will reach a place where we will have fully automated luxury communism where nobody will work unless they want to. But I mean, it, wasn't that the same argument with computers in general? And wasn't that the same argument with? Yeah, that uh, was only thirty years assembly. ago. That the argument was being made, though, and now it is happening. It's that was the argument with computers. It's computers that are doing it. <laughs> it's, and we're not even into the era of quantum computers, which can do this stuff even better. By the way, if you haven't seen Black Mirror, the the new season of Black Mirror, episode one, holy shit! Oh, I'm trying to get through it. Wait, blew my mind. Episode one? Why yeah. don't I remember episode one now? Sarah is awful, something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sarah is awful. Yeah. Huh. I don't. I don't remember it that that well. I, I think I have to go. I'm only on like three, so I might have to go back. It's one of the shows that I'll I'll, I'll easily fall asleep watching. Joan is awful. That's what it is. Joan and is awful. Just, okay. I mean. It goes so many layers, but it it deals with this concept of quantum computing and the way it's going to change things. And you think you know where it's going, and then, uh, and then it just it it just it hits you in the head with a bat, and it's you're just like, what the fuck just happened? It is so. Michael Sarah shows up and basically, like, dumps the entire script and says like, oh, you guys don't get it. <laughs> it's just like, what the hell? unreal i totally don't remember i don't remember that now i don't remember how it ended at all i don't remember what i what what the last thing was i remember seeing so yeah i'll have to go it's, back it's, and on, it's on par with like the first time you watch the matrix and you're just like what the fuck <laughs> it's it's, that, it's black mirror was good. is good it that was one of the that was a surprise like the 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 first season i was like wait I like I I didn't I thought it was going to be kind of uh what was that other one called uh love and robots or something where I like had this high hope this high expectation for it yeah. and then I start watching it as like uh, what what okay right. you know I you're just it. It, it, I think I I think I thought it was going to be something else uh but you thought it was a porn yeah maybe a porn about AI. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, Black Mirror was just the opposite. I had no expectation of Black Mirror, and I, Mirror, and I, I the outside watching. I'm like, wait, what? The one I, I don't remember the title title of it because I wasn't paying that close of attention to it when I was watching it. But the one that was basically social media and 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 social you know, credit how, was that what it was? And the the amount of followers you had really kind of define your your status in society right and this so was person was started tail spinning yeah and i'm that like was one of my least favorite ones oh but that was the one i'm like we are so close to that today yeah. like we are so close to that yeah like there, there, there are people who make a living off of nothing but being popular on social media 
Like they have, they have nothing they're contributing to society on any level. They're just pop. They've somehow managed to be popular on social media. And I don't, I, I don't think that that is going to last very long. It's already uh, lasted too long. Yeah. But that it's the social media, the exposure of yourself that way is people are starting to realize the, the danger it puts them in. Uh, oh, see, you, see, I see. See, you're mixing it up with people with a conscience and, you know, have some sort of morality. Yeah, they ha- they sometimes surface in social media, but for the most part, no, no, even, no. I mean, everyone has everyone has skeletons in their closet. And as these younger people start to realize that being famous means being investigated constantly by everybody turns into a problem. I think everybody has this, this ambition of making a lot of money by not doing a lot of work on social media. But like a lot of things, once you understand the grind that you have to go through to get there, yeah, that's where a lot of people start to to drop off. But I, I, I think there are just too many people in this world, unfortunately, who just don't have a moral compass and don't care who will who will who will humiliate their own family to be liked on social media and there's too many people like yeah, that. I, it's just not going to that's why I don't think it's going to go away and to just don't all right that's it i i don't have uh, to worry so about getting one, famous on social last, media one last what? little tiny bit uh uh, one of the AI things that I saw that I like is "What the Diff" by Marcel Pousseau. Mm-hmm. Uh and it tells you what the difference is between two branches via an AI interpretation. Uh, and I thought that was cool. And he's somebody that I follow, so I got a very interesting tweet from him uh, two days ago where he announced that native PHP is coming. It's going to be announced at Laracon on the twentieth. That's the native PHP to write desktop applications, right? I don't know. He hasn't announced what it is. I think I think he might have, and he might have teased it in the past. I could be wrong. I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, I thought I thought I remember seeing something about that because we we even had a discussion uh, about writing uh, desktop applications in PHP, and and John had mentioned he had done it before in the past. I don't know. I could be wrong. We'll we'll find out. You say it's coming to Laracon. Laracon is next month, right? The nineteenth. Yes, yes. The, it's the twentieth is the announcement, and uh, the there are there is speculation. It has something to do with Electron or Tori, which is native applications for iOS, Windows, stuff like that. So uh, you might be able to write native applications in PHP soon, which would be nice because I absolutely what would you hate. Wanna... Good. Well, I I have a code base that is the iOS app and the Android app for my company, and they're totally different code. They're a totally different language, and they're a huge pain in the ass to maintain. We don't have enough people who are skilled in that area to keep it. A, it's just it's a it's a huge pain in the ass to keep up. And if we could just write a native iOS and Android app in native php we would not have to worry about it hmm. 
Yeah, I, I have a hard time thinking of like native apps that I'd want that I I like like looking at my desktop right now. I, I, I don't have any native apps. Everything I have is I might have a wrapper like Discord, but it's it's the same thing, the web and the app. Notion's kind of the same way. Slack is the same way. It's like these aren't native apps from my you know, what I believe is a native app. Yeah, but, I, I use Rambox for a ton of stuff now. Right. So I don't, those I don't, are just wrappers to a bunch of web interfaces, anyways. Right. Yeah. But so, yeah, I there, just, there is stuff. There is stuff that you do need to worry about, such as payment processing and uh, have a terminal keyboard have a terminal opening. Having having the keyboard pop up correctly for native apps. Uh, Biometric authentication, which is something we do. Mm. So mm. it's a thing. Anyways, right. as you said, that's it. If you don't have your uh, title suggestions in, do them now. Do them now because we're wrapping up the show. I think that's it. We've had a long one. Nice uh, hour, 30 minutes. I think we even started on time today, which is unusual for us. So cool, man. Uh, if you're watching the live, stream feel free to hang out i don't know how much of an after show there's going to be since it's only been tom and i talking this whole time anyhow but you're more than welcome to hang out if you have any questions uh pop them into discord and we will respond and we will get our thumbnail intern working on something oh current wife is still awake oh my goodness and yeah we'll get things going she's uh I I wish I was one of the t- the people who could write books about like there was that guy who wrote the book all the shit my dad says or something or yes. between my family chat and the chat I have with my Canadian friends on Slack I've had some of the most hilarious conversations <laughs> that I wish I had captured for prosperity in some form or fashion. But that's for another day. GPT, have it make a book for you. There you go. Maybe I need to do that. Rambox. uh, Okay. Uh, I'll get to that after the show. Actually, I'll say Rambox. That sounds like something from you. (laughs) Zinger. You're not too far off there, A. Woods. Okay. That's it. Episode 341 is in the books. I am Eric. I'm Tom. Nobody. No. Okay. Keep Keep it it ugly. One, two, one, two, uh, coming off the top, y'all know how we do, listen, I'ma drop a freestyle you can cherish, I'ma send a shout out to the host named Eric, yo, he's never on some average shit, you know, Eric, he stays loud and passionate, I'm about to break it down for y'all with the clever song, yo, shout the host name Thomas, cause he's never wrong, yo, shout to John, you know that he's smart and quiet, unlike my freestyles, which cause a riot, I'm about to do it like this, cause the people love me, shouts out to PHP, the ugly, it's called ugly cause it's not professional, but I'm about to come through and bless it with style, so let's do it when I'm spitting, I perfume the room, yo, the segment of the show is called doom and gloom, that came from Thomas, yeah, can nobody go beyond this, I get the mic and then I'm about to keep it like a promise, yeah, and y'all know we fill them up with anguish, we talking about the PHP, the programming language, about to break it down, no exaggeration, what do y'all do for a living web applications, okay, 
I can dig it. My words spray tight. Uh, they getting together on the Thursday nights. Yeah, when it comes to rhyming, you can call me the new dude. I spew true lyrics while y'all broadcast on YouTube. So let's get it. You know my lyrics are major. All up in the comments, they got plenty of haters, but they doing what they doing. Keep it ugly. We ending every show with the saying, it's lovely. Let's go. Yeah, come on.